On October 27th, 2022, local poets, writers, and artists gathered at the Art Associates Gallery on Railroad Ave in Albany to celebrate fall and Halloween with a special reading event entitled Ghost Poems. This week, in the spirit of the season, we're going to hear from three of the poets who shared their work. First up is Dan Wilcox, whose poem, Witches in the Attic, was only a few weeks old at that point. Next up to the mic is James Duncan, with a true story about the ghost in the guest room closet and another Halloween tale titled October 31st. And finally, we hear Melissa Anderson read a piece titled The Snake or the Dream of the Werewolf, a Meditation on Tragedy. And this is a, a, a very, very recent poem. Um, it's called Witches in the Attic. The witches are up there, hiding out, in my attic, in my dark heart. I find their tissues in my toilet. There is a missing blanket, pillow. I can't hear them, but I know they're up there. When I go out, they make tea, feed my birds. At night, they come down, enter my dreams, watch me as I toss and turn, leave at first light. I find their panties in my laundry. I want them here. I like their red and green tights, their dark makeup that is never on my pillow. Their silent cackles are poems written at midnight. Sing to me, witches. Tell me that you love me, that it is my broomstick you want to ride across the face of the moon. Thank you. Uh, this is a true story. It's called The Guest Room Closet. Castleton on the river where Dutch sailors roamed with Henry Hudson in an age of haunted hollows and autumn winds blowing cruel through the valley. A small village grew and survived and now the line of crooked homes overlook a narrow street and railroad tracks, a slight embankment to the Hudson River. I sit at dinner with family friends, their grandmother cooking corned beef and cabbage and telling us of the decades and lifetimes spent in small tenebrous homes and shuttered factories all along the river. And in that very house, be careful where you, where you step, she says, for the man who owned it before her was dark and cruel, twisted in body and soul, and he hung himself in the guest room closet. Now, who wanted seconds on corned beef? But our widened eyes met each other's, and wasn't that the room where I was to sleep that night? It was, and I did, lying in a hideous state of cold terror and exhaustion, staring at the black doorless hole across the darkened room and watching, waiting for some moaning wail, some iridescent tentacle writhing with hellish hunger to reach out and overpower me, rightly frozen with horror. But the hours passed, and I gave in to sleep sometime before dawn, waking alive and well, though never able to walk the streets of Castleton and not think of that room that night, that man hanging from the beams spanning the guest room closet, waiting for the right night, under the right moon to reach out and say hello. And this is my little ode to Halloween. Uh, in a book called We're All Terminal, this exit is mine. It's called October 31st. 
What a Hellcat evening. Pitch black perfect by 6 p.m. with the winds scattering every kid in the county down our street. Door to door in costumes with bags full of, with bags of all kinds, scaring up candy like it was our job, our life's purpose. The white ephemeral clouds circled the moon like cobwebs in the stars. For the first few years, it was just the trailer trash kids, my circle of friends and enemies, who would make the rounds. But sometime in the 1980s, when the razor blades wound up in candy bars and those nondescript cherry red rape vans began to make the news, parents got the idea to drive their kids to safer neighborhoods to watch over them. Our trailer park out in the cozy middle of nowhere, in the Pine Barrens beyond Nassau, was just the place for the scared suburbanites to come and celebrate, like the good little pagans we all are deep in our heart. We trailer trash kids didn't care because it added a sense of the unknown to our night, a flock of strangers to mingle with through the darkened yards and sidewalks, our feet darting in and out of flickering jack-o'-lantern lights, the visceral scent of pumpkins and rotting leaves and makeup. Some trailers were set back in the woods or shaded, dark pathways to the front porches, and a handful would play those scary sound effects cassette tapes, which were so damn good I'd sometimes sit under the windows and listen to those scary stories and sounds creaking through the speakers of a propped-up boombox all night, imagining the walking dead, the howling wolves, the witch's cauldron. The build-up to that magic night was unmistakably heaven. The car rides to distant pumpkin patches, the fall carnivals with hay mazes and cider donuts and dark wanderings around farmhouses done up to look like something from a Charlie Brown special. When that night finally came, the hours rushed by, life racing to oncoming death, each door a friend with a parting gift. The knowledge that the, that the night was fading away hung over every joke between friends, every candy trade, every costume change to go back out for round two to see if people would still give us candy at 10 p.m., and some did. May the gods bless their Halloween hearts. Each of their still-lit doors and glowing pumpkin skulls was a reprieve from the final moment when we'd admit it was over and the walk home under those cobweb skies to wait through three more seasons for the only night that seemed to matter, for the only night that made sense. Thank you. I had a theater teacher in college who, uh, when we were talking about tragedies, she would talk about the catastrophic world, which it turns out is sort of a theater of the absurd thing, but the idea being that in order for tragic catharsis to pay off, right, you have to start with a world that's already somehow broken because the tragedy is the thing that breaks the cycle even though it ruins the characters you were rooting for. Anyway, this is a poem about werewolves. <laughs> um, it's called The Snap, or Dream of the Werewolf. In the imagined after, you are alone and the worst has already happened. The woods ring with the kind of silence that spreads from a stalking predator. Or maybe it's all just dead. Every rustle through the underbrush, nothing but the wind, a last companion, blood-scented and forever. This is what you have waited for, this doom. Before, you were a tapestry of debts, obligate, omnivore. You healed into yourself like a bound foot, a careful cultivation, always something necrosing at the edges. In the catastrophic world, doom is the lightning crack rebreaking every wrong healed bone shattering at once. 
Doom is a crater, is a cupped palm to curl up and weep in. Crouching at its center, a body failed and wailing, or else nothing, only claw marks. It's the dream of the werewolf, the possession, the rapture abandoned, the fantasy of resting at long last, at rock bottom, a clean raise, a body nothing is asked of but survival. My God, you want to be taken care of, to walk around to the other side of ruin and emerge in empty, rich soil. Barring that, what is left but to long for monstrousness, a form that owes nothing and cannot hurt, that is not ashamed of its hairy body that runs and runs itself deeper into the earth, camouflaged so well amongst the trees. Look around, is Thebes not burning? Is the king not dead on his throne? Above, the sky is candy-eyed and bright. Below, the bones of the earth wail wrong healed in their settings. Unhinge your aching jaw, feel the snap, the promise that you can become no more wretched than you already are. How tempting to wait for ruination as if it would not burn you too. How tempting to think you might slough off this skin as soon as the next waning moon. Thank you. For Hudson Mohawk Magazine, I'm Tom Francis.